Welcome to Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. Every week, we sip on a strong new blend of practical tips, information, and education to help you optimize your health, body, and mind. Your hosts are Janice, Emily, Megan, and Olga. Your break starts now. And welcome to another episode of Coffee Break with Sharp Best Health. I'm your host, Janice, and on today's episode, I wanted to check in on getting back over this past month into our fall season routine. As many of us have now returned from vacations and are now going back to work, today's guest joins us from our clinical nutrition team from Sharp Tula Vista Medical Center. Alex Zawilski is a registered dietitian, and we're going to have a discussion today about healthy meal prep. Thank you, Alex, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, I'd love to talk about some healthy meal prep ideas Mm -hmm. to help us get back into our work routine. That sounds good to me. So let's get started. You know, Alex, every Sunday I plan out, you know, my lunch meals for the work week. And some of us prepare every meal ahead of time, you know, for those of us who have all that time. But for those of us who are just listening in today, and if meal prepping has been on your mind, starting with prepping, you know, one meal, one type of meal, whether it be breakfast, breakfast, lunch, or dinner ahead of time is important for quite a few reasons. The number one reason is, well, for me at least, it's a cost savings. And we'll get into that later in this episode. The second reason is, in the end, it's a time saver. You know, I know on a Sunday, I may spend about two hours making my lunches ahead of time, but by not, you know, having to prepare my lunch every morning while I'm running around getting ready, it makes my morning less stressful so that it's already planned out. And third, I'm thinking about, you know, healthier choices when I'm making my grocery list on Sunday. And also, you know, when I round the hospital floors, which is about once a month or sometimes more, I see the types of foods that are shared in the break room. And there are many potlucks, you know, at the workplace. And when I bring my own food, I'm making healthier choices by eating what I've prepared and not indulging in unhealthy, convenient foods. And so I know for myself, I get bored eating the same thing day in and day out. So when I'm thinking of what I'll be preparing for that work week, I have to really crave what I'll be making. So for example, This week, I was craving marinated artichoke hearts, and so I made an easy bowtie pasta salad that has feta, cherry tomatoes, cucumbers, and a little Italian dressing. And then I threw in a few artichoke hearts per serving, and you know it turned out delicious. And I was actually quite surprised that it held me over, you know, until dinner time because. For me, if I don't get full during lunch, I find myself, you know, looking in my office cabinet, seeing what kind of snacks I've gotten there. And I just want to make, you know, healthier choices so that I'm fasting between my meals so that I'm not eating things that are just empty calories. Perfect. Janice, you're absolutely right. It's important that when we're eating, we're reaching satiety. Mm-hmm. And that way we're not overextending our calories throughout the day with extra snacks. So when I'm talking to people about meal prepping, one of the most important things that I talk about mm-hmm. is choosing your protein. There's a lot of research on the health benefits of plant-based proteins. Mm -hmm. Their main nutrition benefits are that they're packed with fiber and they're low in the unhealthy saturated fats that we want to stay away from. Because of this, they can help lower your risk of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, Uh and also certain forms of cancer. They also can help lower your levels of oxidative stress and inflammation and help you maintain a healthy weight. You know, Alexia, some of our listeners may be new, you know, just learning about basic nutrition. Let's start today by talking about protein and also where we can purchase these items. 
Yeah, sure. So there's two kind of different categories of protein that we'll be talking about today. Mm -hmm. uh, Animal-based protein and then plant-based protein. Okay. So with animal protein, I always like to encourage people to choose lean sources of animal protein. Things like skinless chicken breast, fish, and shrimp can also be uh -huh. a healthy part of your diet. These types of animal proteins are low in the unhealthy saturated fats that we need to stay away from. Animal protein, um, although it can be healthy for us, it tends to be a lot more pricey sure. when compared to plant proteins. For example, uh, you can get a can of beans or mm -hmm. a whole bag of dried lentils for less than a dollar, whereas skinless chicken breast or salmon may cost anywhere from $2.50 sure. to up to $10 per pound. I've definitely seen the $10 per pound at the farmer's <laughs> market, so that I saw that this past Saturday. <laughs> what about for plant proteins? So for plant proteins, there's so many different types, and then the best part about yeah. them is you really don't need to go to any specialty grocery store mm -hmm. to get them. Main sources of plant protein are things like nuts, beans, and seeds, um, and even just mm -hmm. within these types of foods, there's so many different things that you can use. Some of my favorite things to cook with are black beans, garbanzo beans, lentils, sure. edamame, chia seeds, and peanut butter. Okay. There's very versatile things that you can do with all of these ingredients. Sure. And what is what's needed in the average person you know, per day as far as the amount of protein? Yeah, that's a question that I get all the time. Um, so on average, a person needs about 0.8 grams per kilogram of protein per day. Okay. Um, so to kind of put that into more practical terms, mm -hmm. a person who weighs about 150 pounds or 68 kilograms would need about 55 grams of protein per day. Okay. Um, so when you consume just one half cup of edamame, that contains 11 okay. grams of protein right there. So you can really easily meet your daily protein needs while completely even cutting out on meat. Right. Um, keep in mind that everyone's protein needs depend a lot on other factors, including age, sure. activity level, and also your medical history. Um, so if you have, you know, some specific questions about how much protein you might need per day, just make sure you check in with your registered dietitian. And if we don't have registered dietitian, checking with at least your primary care provider. There you okay, go. Okay, there we go. <laughs> now, Alex, I've read many articles about prepping meals and keeping them fresh. You know, on average, how many days will animal and plant protein stay fresh? So cooked meat really only stays fresh in the refrigerator for about three to four days, which is why I tend to prefer using plant protein for my meal prep. Plant protein, um, things like beans and lentils, stay fresh in the refrigerator for up to five days. Okay, great. So if you prep your meals on Sunday afternoon, which a lot of us do, right. uh, you'll be set to have fresh meals all the way through Friday. That sounds good. Now, what about fiber and simple and complex carbohydrates? You know, they're buzzwords out um, social media today, for example. And, you know, can you give us a little background on each of these and what foods fall into each of those categories? Sure. Um, so let's start with fiber. Um, so a lot of people, you know, don't really know what fiber is. Sure. Um, so fiber is a non-digestible form of a carbohydrate, and it naturally occurs in plant foods. Um, most of the research out there shows us that there's many health protective benefits of fiber, including uh, increased feelings of fullness after meals, right. and then also promoting healthy digestion. The naturally occurring fiber that's in foods also helps to keep uh -huh. our cholesterol in check, stabilize our blood sugar, and also may help reduce the risk right. of those uh, chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease, mm -hmm. obesity, and type 2 diabetes. 
Our dietary guidelines recommend about 25 grams of fiber per day for women okay. and then 38 grams of fiber per day for men. And then, unfortunately, when we look at the average intake of dietary fiber in America, it's pretty low at only about 15 wow. grams per day. Okay. That's something that we really need to boost on increasing in a lot of our diets. Um, the main sources of fiber in our diets come from things like whole grains, mm -hmm. legumes, which are beans, lentils, and peas, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. All right. Well, actually, you know, you mentioned whole grains, and that in includes oatmeal, correct? I have oatmeal at the office from time to time. Yeah, definitely. So oatmeal is considered a whole grain. Uh, one serving, which is about a cup of cooked uh -huh. oatmeal, has about four grams of fiber in it. Okay. You can also increase the amount of fiber in your oatmeal by adding things like fruit and nuts to Sounds it. Sounds good. Um, thanks for that perspective, Alex. You know, I definitely need to add more nuts to my oatmeal fruit, and I have no issue there. <laughs> Let's move on to... Um, Carbohydrates. Sure, yeah. So I hear um, a lot of talk about carbohydrates now yeah. um, and a lot of talk about how low-carb diets are always the best way to lose weight. Right. Um, a lot of people I know are actually even afraid to eat carbohydrates at all. Oh, mm -hmm. I hear um, that a lot too. Yeah. So um, instead of focusing on going low-carb, I recommend people look at the quality of the carbohydrate that okay. they're eating. So like we talked about, there's a lot of health benefits of following a high-fiber diet. Mm -hmm. And many of the foods that are high in fiber are actually carbohydrates foods. Many carbohydrate foods like whole wheat bread, uh -huh. brown rice, whole wheat pasta, oatmeal like right. you mentioned, quinoa, and even baked white potatoes with the skin on yep. are actually healthy sources of carbohydrates. Uh, they have a lot of nutritional benefits to them and they can also help us feel satisfied after our meals. Right. One funny thing that I always like to kind of point out is a lot of people don't realize that fruits and vegetables are mostly carbohydrates as right. well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think pretty much any other dietitian will agree with me when I say that you definitely right. shouldn't be limiting your intake of fruits and vegetables in your diet. You know, I, and I have to admit for myself, this fruit is such my weakness. And this past summer, you know, especially the cantaloupes, watermelon, you know, white nectarines, plums, cherries, they were all so good. And so that's what I always love about summertime is that the taste of our fruit is just so much richer and so much flavorful yeah so i mean fruit is a pretty good yeah. weakness for you to have <laughs> so there's definitely lots of fun seasonal fruits that are in season right now mm -hmm. that are super yummy and tasty also you know carbs from whole grains legumes fruits and vegetables pack a lot of nutrients and fiber into our diet right and they really are healthy foods on the other hand, there are also some not-so-healthy sources of carbohydrates that it might be beneficial to cut back on. Carbs that are also found in things like sugar-sweetened beverages, cakes, cookies, and candies. These types of carbs are low in fiber, mm -hmm. high in refined sugar, and don't really provide our bodies with many health benefits right. at all. Um, so we often refer to these foods as empty calories because these foods tend to be high in calories, and they also don't provide our body with many right. nutrients. So really, these types of carbs should only be consumed every once in a while, more as, more as a treat. Right, sure. It's definitely a treat. Um, there's also sources of refined starches that are carbohydrates, mm -hmm. which generally also don't have a high nutritional value. Foods like white bread, white rice, right. and white pasta, mm -hmm. these are the options that are pretty low in fiber. So instead, I always encourage choosing the whole grain alternatives to their refined mm -hmm. counterparts when selecting your starches in the grocery store to help boost your fiber intake. So sure. this would be like whole wheat bread mm -hmm. versus white bread and brown rice right. versus white rice. Always check the ingredient list on your breads, crackers, and cereals. Okay. 
when you're looking for a whole grain, the first ingredient should either say whole grain mm -hmm. or whole wheat. And that means that food is pretty much mostly made of whole grains and tends to be higher in fiber. Right. And this is just a difference between like saying multigrain versus the whole grain. We want to choose the whole grain. Exactly. So a lot of breads will say they're multigrain. Right. Just because they're multigrain doesn't mean they're a whole grain. So that's a good thing to point out. Always check the nutrition label. Um, all foods have to have the fiber content listed on them. I tend to choose grains that have at least three grams of fiber per serving. Okay. Alex, I need to visualize all of this. So what does it all look like on a plate or in a meal prep container? So for all of you listeners out there, meal prep containers can be found at Target, Walmart. You know, my favorite is Amazon where you can find about 20 to 30 containers with their lids for under $25. And this is not necessary to get these special meal prep containers, but it does make things, you know, convenient and um, and organizing a refrigerator. And so even if you're using Tupperware containers at home that you already have, that's perfect as well. It's just out of convenience, but not necessary to go out there and to the store and buy them. Yeah, so when I'm figuring out what I want to meal prep for the week, I always start by focusing on vegetables. Mm -hmm. So vegetables are something that are high in fiber and low in calories. Okay. So when you prioritize your meals with vegetables, um, and also for snacks, that's one of the top tips that you can do to sure. help maintain a healthy weight. One serving of vegetables is either a half cup of cooked vegetables or one cup of raw vegetables. Mm -hmm. For meal prep, I typically encourage incorporating at least two servings of veggies in your lunch and dinner meals. Okay. If I were making one of my favorite plant protein bowls for lunch, I might start off by adding a cup of spinach, uh, half of a cup of chopped red bell pepper, and half a cup of chopped cucumber. Then I focus on my grains. I'll add anywhere from about a third cup to mm -hmm. two-thirds cups of a whole grain carbohydrate to my bowl to help me keep, keep me feeling fueled throughout the rest of my day. This might include something like sweet potato, wild rice, quinoa, or whole wheat pasta noodles. Then we focus in on the protein. I like to have about 20 grams of protein for my lunch and dinner meals, so I might add about a cup of edamame and a quarter cup of chopped peanuts or half of a cup of lentils okay. and two tablespoons of hummus. I also need to have something exciting for my lunches, so I always like to finish off my bowls with some type of fun sauce. Some of my favorites are a spicy peanut dressing, a roasted red pepper sauce, or an avocado green sauce. Mm. All of my sauces focus on incorporating healthy fats, things like olive oil, nuts, and avocados into them. Healthy fats also help contribute to that feeling of fullness after eating. And then last part of my lunch, I always like to have at least one serving of fruit, um, whether it's adding half of a cup of chopped mango to my salad or munching on a small tennis ball-sized apple. Uh, I always find my ending my meal with a serving of fruit helps curb my sweet tooth. Right, for sure. Thank you for that info, Alex. I know that I'm all about budgeting when it comes to buying groceries, so can you run through the list of ingredients of a recipe and what the cost breakdown would be per meal? Sure, of course. Uh, so one of my go-to lunches that's in my meal prep rotation is a quinoa crunch salad. Okay. Uh, the recipe includes peanut butter, edamame, quinoa, cucumber, bell pepper, mango, uh, red cabbage, carrots, peanuts, soy sauce, white vinegar, mm -hmm. Sesame oil, chili paste, honey, garlic, and fresh ginger. So a lot of different ingredients. Right. To buy all of these ingredients, it would cost about $36 in total. Mm -hmm. um, however, when you take into account what you would actually use to make the recipe, the total recipe cost is only about $12. Sure. And because this recipe makes five servings for your entire week, uh, that comes out to only about $2.40. 
Wow, that's not bad, Alex. You know, I, there are days where we are inevitably going to be having to buy food at the cafeteria, and that average cost per meal for lunch could be easily $10. And that just really adds up during the weeks. But I'm sure that there are listeners that can agree that the cost savings per meal here is $7.60. If you're saying that the me- per meal cost is $2.40 from the one you just explained to us, that's got to be motivation enough for us to get serious about prepping, you know, our meals here. Yeah, definitely. There tends to be this misconception that to eat healthy, you have to spend a lot of money on groceries, but that's definitely not the case. That's right. You know, that's exactly the buzz I hear is eating healthy costs too much, you know, but a point that I'd also like to bring up is that if budgeting your time is also, you know, one of your higher priorities, there are healthy shortcuts that we can take during this actual meal prep time. And um, a couple examples would be, you know, purchasing pre-cooked chicken, and this could be, you know, frozen chicken breasts or also salmon, um, salmon patties and also cooked brown rice and or quinoa is also a way we could make shortcuts and wouldn't have to wait for the rice cooker or the 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 pot on the stove to finish up cooking so those are just other ideas that we could also incorporate as far as time saving goes Alex, you know, are there any pointers or tips that you'd like to share with our listeners? We're wrapping up our episode here. Um, what are some last minute information you'd like to share? Yeah, so as you can tell, I'm totally all about meal prepping. However, I completely get that sometimes there's just not enough time in the day to make a healthy home-cooked meal. Right. Um, so although we do recommend limiting how often you eat out, there still are healthier options that are available at many restaurants and even fast food spots. So if you're really in a time pinch, um, there are places like Chipotle and Luna Grill and even Chick-fil-A, I wow, found. very surprising. <laughs> yeah, and these places, uh, they do have some healthier options that you can purchase. Well, that's good to go. know. And so we'll share those tips in our show notes. Um, definitely we'll highlight those there just because we're in a, in a time crunch, you know, there are some ways that we can think about being more mindful about the healthier options on their menu. So... Thank you again, Alex, for sharing all this great information today. We were so happy to have you as a guest speaker on our episode here for Healthy Meal Prepping. And also, too, like we mentioned earlier in our podcast, that we have some notes that we've compiled that we'll share with you. So make sure to take a look at all of those. Um, And thank you today for listening, and have a great day. Bye. Bye. Download this episode and find more great information on health and wellness by visiting Sharp Best Health on Sharp Net.